Welcome to the Night Echo Podcast, a show bringing you haunting tales from all over the internet and our very own strange reality. Join me, your host, Louise Knight, as we delve into a variety of myths, urban legends, ghost stories, and true crime. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. My apologies for being MIA and basically falling off the face of the earth without warning. Some exciting new things are happening in my life, and unfortunately, the podcast took a bit of a backseat while I navigated through some stuff. If you follow the show on Instagram, you may have seen me mention that there would be some changes to the show. Well, if you haven't already noticed, there is some new cover art that I finally got commissioned. And another thing is that instead of being released every other Thursday, the show will now be released on a monthly basis. I'm actually going back to school to pursue my degree, and I haven't been back since I left high school like eight years ago, and I'm excited but a little bit nervous. And in not wanting the show to suffer, I decided it would be best to release a new episode on the first Thursday of every month. I feel like this way, it will not only create better content, but my mental health will be much better as well. I truly love connecting with all of you, and I'd love to continue with this passion project, so instead of getting frustrated one day and leaving it all together. Taking this impromptu time away from the podcast really helped put into perspective how I want the future of the show to be. On this note, I will not be releasing a new episode in September, and thus I'll be back October 1st. I thank you all for your continued understanding and support. Now, with that long-winded intro out of the way, let's delve into the death of Princess Diana. Well, to start, who exactly was Princess Diana? Princess Diana was born Diana Frances Spencer on July 1st of 1961 in England. This made her a water sign, a cancer to be specific. She had a brother and two sisters. Her parents had a rough marriage and the two would later split while Diana was only a child. She, along with her siblings, remained in the custody of her father. And in 1975, he would succeed in earldom, thus making her now Lady Diana. Upon her completion of school, she became a kindergarten assistant at Young England School. And of course, as we know, she would go on to grow up and marry Prince Charles on July 29th, 1981. And by 1984, the couple would have two children together, Prince William and Prince Harry. They seemed like the perfect family. Now, during this time, it was kind of evident that all was not well inside the royal home. Princess Diana was notably sad-looking in interviews and somewhat detached. She would suffer from low self-esteem, postnatal depression, not to mention the shit show that is the paparazzi constantly following her. If we've learned anything from Meghan Markle, 
These types of things like depression or being overwhelmed by tabloids are seen by the royal family as normal, almost quite necessary. Not sure about you guys, but if my every action was being watched and scrutinized by the public, I'd lose my shit too. Not only that, but voicing your concerns was also taboo. What happens inside the royal palace stays inside the royal palace. Seems like a cult to me. Prince Charles would go on to cheat on her. Princess Diana and Prince Charles would announce their separation in 1992. With the divorce becoming final on August 28, 1996. Princess Diana, often nicknamed the Queen of Hearts, or the People's Princess, and rightfully so. She was an honorable woman and a hard-working philanthropist, having done a lot of charity work throughout the world for humans and animals alike. She was most notably known to walk across an active landmine in Angola as a way to ban the use of landmines. Princess Diana was also famous for her work with the HIV and AIDS community. Back then, hell, even now, there was and is a lot of stigma against those with AIDS. Many people ignorantly thought you could get it from just being, like, close to them, even just like a handshake or a hug. But nope, not Princess Di. She was out here hugging everybody. She really showed that these people weren't something to shun and it wasn't right to treat them so disrespectfully. She really helped to make world issues known to the masses. A well-mannered and kind-hearted woman. Not to mention she was beautiful and a fashion trendsetter. If there was one word to describe her, it would be class. Just pure class. And not in the wealth sense, but just being an honest-to-goodness good person. Which is why her death was such a gut-wrenching event for many. Alright, so what happened that night? The night was August 31st, 1997. Princess Diana was with her new boyfriend, Dodi Fayed. And they both went to a hotel owned by Dodi's father. Dodi was the son of wealthy Egyptian Mohammed Al-Fayed, who also happened to own the Ritz Paris. The pair were seen at the hotel around 4.30pm. Due to a change in plans because of the ever-toxic paparazzi, their dinner reservations were now at La Espadon restaurant. After some time, they started to grow suspicious of the other diners around them, thinking them to be paparazzi. And so yet again, a change in dinner plans were made. This time, the two would leave with their food and return to the hotel where they could eat in private. Finally. A bit past midnight, the couple must have gotten bored as they had asked one of the security at the Ritz, Henri Paul, to drive them to Dodi's place. As you can guess, the car Paul took that night was the black Mercedes. It was reported at around 12.23 a.m. that the car was speeding to get away from the paparazzi that continually harassed the couple. The vehicle then made its way inside the Pont de la Mal tunnel. Dodi Fayed and Henri Paul died upon impact. 
Princess Diana was reportedly still alive long enough for someone to attempt and revive her and to pull her out of the wreckage. There is a fourth person I haven't mentioned yet, and this man, Trevor Reese Jones, was Dodie's bodyguard, and he actually survived. Initially, it was thought that he had survived as he was the only one wearing a seatbelt. However, this was later debunked once investigations reported that no one had been wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash. Reese Jones would sustain horrible face fractures and needing multiple surgeries. He also suffered memory loss and could not remember much of that night. Now, back to Princess Diana. At 1.20 a.m., Princess Diana would suffer a heart attack on her way to the hospital. She went into the emergency room at around 2 a.m. Two hours later, she was pronounced dead. Okay, so let's look into some of the causes and conspiracies of this case. There are people who believe that this was just an unfortunate case of high-speeding car, reckless driving, and intoxicated driver. Straight and simple. I mean, the driver, Henri Paul, was reported to have been consuming a scotch before that night. Those close to him said that while he did enjoy a drink here and there, it was never a problem. Blood tests reported that he was indeed three times over the legal limit. One documentary that I watched, and I suggest you do too, called Unlawful Killing, says that when they initially did the blood tests, results showed up as negative or that he was under the limit, right? But only a few hours later, it changed to say the complete opposite. It was also widely believed, even by me, that the case was thought to have been ruled an accident and was due to the negligence of the driver as well as the unruly paparazzi. I mean, 17 of the paparazzis did end up arrested. However, there is a misconception with this case, and it was actually ruled an unlawful killing, just like the documentary. And what exactly does that mean? I had to look this up, and basically, in layman's terms, means, quote, when someone has been killed by one or more unknown persons, unquote. Weird, right? Like, if they had substantial evidence that it was indeed negligence on the part of the driver, then, well, we know damn well who's at fault, right? But, of course, there are others who believe that Princess Diana and Dodi Fayed's deaths were calculated murders. And there's actually a lot in these conspiracy theories, so strap in. I'm totally on the side of it was murder. I mean, what are the chances that all 14 cameras inside of the tunnel were turned off at that very time? I'd also like to mention that I've seen videos of this tunnel, and it's not that long, nor does it seem like a hard drive, at least from what I could tell. I'll link a video in the show notes, watch it and tell me doesn't it look like it's just a short drive down? Like, straight down? It should have been easy enough to speed through it if he was speeding through it. 
That is, unless someone was trying to run you off on purpose. Now, who could have planned such a scheme? It was thought to be a plot by the royal family. It's no real surprise that the royal family are racist as hell. Interestingly enough, during my research, I found that not everyone thinks of them as innocent and just for show. Many even compared them to the mafia. In the case of Prince Philip, he was said to have been literally raised by Nazis and was a known psychopath. Which is no surprise there either. Princess Diana actually had spoken up about the fact that her and the royal family didn't get along, often arguing with the queen or Prince Philip himself. Even scarier is that she would often share her concerns with her butler or a lawyer, sending them notes that she suspected somebody was out to kill her. Somebody would tamper with her car and were planning to cause a very bad accident causing brain damage as a way to make room for Prince Charles to marry again. I mean, he's just going to keep cheating, so I, I don't know what the real point is in that. But anyways, Princess Diana seemed paranoid. However, I would feel the same way too. She actually kept diaries and had some alarming entries. There was one such event where she had a butler that died in a freak bike accident. And she thought that this was a message from the royal family to her. There was another time where she fell in love with a bodyguard at the royal palace. And once the family found out, he was fired and subsequently killed. Dodie's father had a theory that they were killed as Princess Diana was pregnant with Dodie's child. In fact, he suspected that the purpose of that night was for Dodie to propose to her, although there was no ring found at the scene. He also states that any evidence was most likely destroyed by the French and British authorities. Coroners apparently could not conduct a pregnancy test, or there was one that somehow vanished. Some argued that her body was so badly damaged that there was no way they could conduct like any test for this, but regardless, it would have been useless as they had injected her body with embalming fluid almost immediately after, and they took out all of her organs. Al-Fayed thinks that this was a way for them to further tamper with the body to hide evidence. I mean, their reasoning was because her body had to look perfect and pristine for when it goes to the funeral, but if her body was that badly damaged anyways, Wow, I don't get it. You know, it's just so weird. There were even some that speculated that the tampering might have even gone as far as on the end of the paramedics. Apparently in France, they treat their victims on the spot right then and there. In contrast, North America and Britain, um, they usually put the victim into an ambulance while they work on them on the way to the hospital. This one is a bit harder for me to believe as if her injuries were bad enough there would be no way that they could treat them at the scene regardless. If if their protocol is to treat at the scene and they didn't have what they needed, I I mean, it's just a little far-fetched on that end. Um, now, I did mention that about seven paparazzis were arrested in their role in Princess Diana's death. 
there are some motorists who apparently still remain unknown. Most notably, a driver of a white Fiat Uno. It was believed that this was the car that ultimately ran the black Mercedes into the pillar. The Fiat was believed to have been owned by a James Andenson, who had been following the couple earlier that day. He was also said to have ties to MI6, which is kind of like the CIA. I'd like to note that many people think this was MI6's doing. It was even speculated that maybe the driver or even the lone survivor may have had ties to the group. There is also a known tactic by the group where they use blinding lights like strobe lights to incapacitate someone's vision. And there were witnesses who said they'd seen weird flashing lights inside of the tunnel that night. So who knows? Back to James. Anyways, when authorities went to check out his alibi, his family members kind of gave conflicting statements. And I'm not sure how true this is, but apparently he told a few friends that he was indeed in that tunnel in France that night. In May of 2000, James was found to be dead inside of a burnt vehicle. He was found with his decapitated head on his lap, doors locked, and keys in his pocket. Reports noted that he had two holes in his skull. Many believe them to be bullet wounds, however, the coroners explained it was due to the intense heat in the car. Not sure. Sounds kind of suspect. Authorities later ruled his death a suicide. It's been said that there's graffiti inside the tunnel that reads, The Queen Did It. So, what do you think happened? Tragic accident or calculated murder? I will leave a link to the documentary I mentioned earlier called Unlawful Killing as it really delves deep into the case. I actually think Dodie's father advocated for and supported this documentary, so please don't forget to check that out if you are interested in learning more about this case. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. I will see you the first week of October. In the meantime, don't forget to submit your stories via DM or even the website. Take care, and until next time. I'd like to thank you for joining me on this episode. If you like what you heard, it would really mean a lot if you could rate, comment, and share. This show is available on Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Have a story or suggestion you'd like to share? Send me an email at night.echopodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at night.echopodcast. Tune in every other Thursday for a new episode of the Night Echo Podcast.